imagination, creativity, storytelling, brainstorming, or brainstorming. This is the Brainstorming Project. Join me, Chad, or as I probably should go by now, Brian Storm, each week as I use my overactive imagination to brainstorm ideas. Each week I'll pick a different genre and create a story from scratch. Characters, world, premise, the whole kit and caboodle. The creative process in podcast form. This should be fun. Listen to the Brainstorming Project wherever you get your podcast fix. Join the Brian Storm. Welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Steve, and this is a very special episode. It is the one-year anniversary of Bucket of Chum. So, of course, I am going to celebrate with a sequel to the very first movie I ever did, Two-Headed Shark Attack, with Three-Headed Shark Attack. And it's also kicking off our Attack of the Sequels month. I can't believe it's already been a full fucking year. But enough about that. You guys already heard that in the last episode. If you haven't, checked out the little bonus episode I did where uh, it's just a year in review of 2023, talking about the ups and downs of the podcast and all that nonsense and plans for the future. But that's not why you're here today. Today, we're here to talk about Three-Headed Shark Attack. So right off, we're just going to dive into the plot synopsis. The world's greatest killing machine is three times as deadly when a mutated shark threatens a cruise ship. As the shark eats its way from one end of the ship to the next, the passengers must fight the deadly predator using anything they could find. And this has an average rating of 1.7 stars on Letterboxd, which probably sounds about right because it is from our friends at the Asylum. And getting into the poster expectations... Alright, so it's a floating head poster, but fucking Danny Trejo is on the front. So I better see Danny fucking Trejo fighting a three-headed shark, at least for a decent amount of time. Otherwise, I'm going to be very fucking upset. The shark design on the cover is actually pretty cool looking. Like, yes, it's ridiculous. It's a fucking three-headed shark, but it looks really cool. So let's see if they keep the design on the poster as like the same as the design in the movie itself. But enough about that. Let's get into this and let's dive in. This movie starts with bikini babes and buff dudes on a beach. There's a couple making out in a tent getting ready to fuck. Some guy goes up to his friends and he asks uh, this girl and guy if they want to go skinny dipping. And she clearly doesn't want to. And then he proposes that if he can swim to this fucking buoy and back, they go skinny dipping. And without saying anything, she agrees. But she agrees like she doesn't have a choice in the matter. Like these are the rules of skinny dipping and dares. Like there's no way out of it. So this dude drops fucking trout, swims out to the buoy, and we see the shark swimming in the water in all its CGI glory. 
The dude makes it to the buoy, and then the guy on the beach tells a girl, like, she can either go in now or wait for him to come back. So this fucking bleach blonde, playboy bunny-looking woman gets in the water, takes her top off, and the guy on the beach tries to get her to take her bottoms off, but she doesn't want to. And I mean, yeah, why bother? Let's be honest. The only They only wanted to see the titties. That's the whole reason you go skinny dipping with women, is to just see the titties. I'm just being honest, right? At least for me, but I've been skinny dipping once in my life and it was pitch black and I didn't see anything. But I can still say that I've been. So she sees this shark and it pulls her under. The guy on the beach jumps in and tries to help and eventually he's fucking dead too. The deaths are nothing special. I mean, it's from the asylum, so it's just a CGI shark like nabbing people and they disappear. But we did see some like practical blood effects on the people. So at least they managed to give us something real. Uh, speaking of real, Beach Babe's tatas definitely were not. Anyways, uh, the shark then just starts going fucking ham on the beachgoers. It beaches itself and starts eating everyone. It ate everyone. And now we get a good look at the shark. And I gotta say, Asylum, I am actually pretty fucking pleased. I mean, listen, it's still a CG shark, all right? But it doesn't look terrible. I kind of enjoy it. After that, we follow Dr. Laura Thomas, played by Jenna Sims, who apparently is a model and she was Miss Georgia or something. The state, not the country. This girl is white as fuck. So we follow her as she scubas around and then she gets out of the water and back to this facility or bunker that she's working at and she starts undressing and she gets some video call. Some group is getting ready to come to the station and she continues to undress and doesn't say anything and then the phone stays on for a minute as if the person on the other side is watching but the screens are so fucking blurry like i don't actually know if they can see shit through this but yeah it just stays on for a bit and it's just really fucking creepy and weird and uh but yeah then we're done with that bit of weird bullshit and then we follow maggie played by i am going to butcher this fucking name and i apologize to the actress kariche tran uh, I don't, I'm not even going to try a second attempt at that. That's that's all you get. <laughs> and she's an intern at this facility that we just saw Dr. Sexy getting undressed. So this facility is basically studying the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which if you don't know, that is a real fucking thing. That is just a giant patch of garbage in the Pacific Ocean just floating around. It's just like this self-contained garbage field. It's fucking disgusting, but... Yeah, that's what this facility is. That's what they're here to study. She's shown around the facility by Dr. Nelson, played by Jason Simmons. And then another group of people show up, I guess, to help out with the research. Um, but these four that show up look like they maybe work for, like, Greenpeace or something. Like, I don't think they're scientists. Maggie recognizes one of the guys, Greg, played by Brad Mills, as someone she used to date in college before he dropped out. I don't know if they were trying to suggest that, like, he dropped out to join this activist group. I think they were, but I don't know that they ever outright say it. Maybe they do, and I just missed it, but yeah, it, was just, it just seemed like a weird bit of character trait to fucking have. I don't know. Dr. Thomas then tells everyone about the facility. It houses 45 people, all scientists and people of like various interest groups. I guess these guys aren't with like Greenpeace per se, but like basically Greenpeace, like that type of organization. And so basically they collect all these specimens to research in this lab. It's a big underwater bunker. It looks like something you'd build in Subnautica. I don't know if anyone listening has played that game. 
But it, one, it's a pretty sick fucking game. I've only watched uh, Jacksepticeye play it. I tried playing it on my laptop, but it just wouldn't play. But I do think you can get it for Xbox, and I might download it at some point because it looks fun as fuck. So basically, you crash land on this planet that is just completely covered in water, and then you basically have to try to survive and build a rocket ship to leave the planet. It's really fucking cool. Um, I highly recommend checking out some of Jack Jacksepticeye's videos on it, or if you have another favorite gamer that you like watching, I don't know. I only recently started getting into watching this shit, so. Uh, why was I talking about Subnautica? <laughs> oh, right, yeah, this fucking underwater facility looks like something that you would build in this game, because in that game, you can build, like, underwater bunkers and, like, bases and all kinds of shit like that. So, yes. Dr. Thomas then fucks off somewhere else while uh, Nelson finishes the tour and Greg introduces his friends to Maggie and then they chat while they're talking down the hall, talking about their college days. And then everyone eventually ends up in a lab where they've collected some creatures from around the garbage patch and they're all mutated and we see a few of these close up and I wish we'd see more of this because these things were kind of fucking cool. They were just like weird little sea creatures, almost kind of like in Cocaine Shark where they had just a bunch of weird creatures. And I, I think even in the original Piranha, there is a scene where there's like just weird sea creatures in aquariums. But yeah, same fucking deal here. But I, yeah, I wish we could have seen fucking more because they were so cool. And they even tease something later on with it, but we don't see anything and it's stupid. But anyways, outside of the facility, we can see that the shark is starting to approach. And then some of the creatures in the aquarium start acting weird. And Dr. Nelson explains they usually act like this when there's a large predator nearby. Oh, spoilers. Dr. Thomas asks Steve, not me, in the control room how things are. And he reports there's elevated levels of pollution today. And they said some other stuff, but I was distracted by the fact the fucking radar screen was playing on a video loop. Like, you can see the play button and all that from, like, VLC Media Player on the fucking screen, and it's, like, a two-second video just on a loop for the radar screen. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I missed some information, but I was just very distracted by that, and, frankly, I wasn't going to rewind it three seconds to see what I missed. So, here we are. Steve is then called by Dr. Nelson and asks if there's any seismic activity to explain the creatures acting weird, and then Steve spots something big on the radar. So Dr. Thomas decides to go topside to check it out. Up top on this like little island or atoll that they're on, one of the Greenpeace or whatever fake equivalent of that organization is, uh, the dude thinks he sees a whale in the water and he starts running into the water, which even if it is a whale, like what is your plan? What was your, well, I'm going to go fucking pet it. I'm going to go swim in all of this garbage to go pet the whale. Without a, no, like, if you're going to help it, like, you need to get a boat or some shit, dude. Like, no, you're a fucking idiot. We see the shark approaching as it swims out of the garbage patch, and everyone else from the facility goes up top and calls out for him to get the fuck out of the water. But he's a moron, and he just stands there. Oh, this is so cool. And Nelson is telling everyone to get inside the facility, and the shark breaches the fucking water, and the dude looks up and says... I don't think that's a whale. <laughs> and it comes down on top of him, mouth first, and then into the water. Now, I have some questions about the physics of all this. So the dude was standing maybe in like three feet of water, and this shark breaches in front of him, comes down on him, 
but the shark just slams into the water and goes back under. Would it not smack its dumb three heads into the fucking sand doing this? Ugh, fuck it, whatever. Everyone freaks out and they run back to the facility entrance. Inside, the place starts going into lockdown as the shark, like, starts ramming into the facility. At one point, there's a dude, like, taking a shit and the shark comes up through the floor and eats the poor bastard. We go back into the control room. Steve is trying to message for help, but there's like radiation levels coming from the garbage that are interfering with the signal. <laughs> I hate when that happens. On the computer screens, they see the shark attacking the facility in the lab. One of the scientists has been attacked by what we can assume were the creatures we were shown earlier, but we don't see it happen, which is super unfortunate because that would have been fucking great. Like some of these little things look like they had like like wings underwater and like little weird claws. Like, I don't know how else to describe them. They're just weird little creatures and I wanted more of them and I didn't get it. Our main cast decide to finally get the fuck out of this facility. Steve is on the radio with one guy, but uh, he clearly sounds like he's fucked. He's trying to lock down a part of the facility and then he's like, I can't lock it down because as all the fucking water rushes in and kills him. The main cast managed to escape as the facility above is on fire, and as they run across the island trying to get to a boat or something, they also mention the island is sinking. Now, I remember they pulled this bullshit in the first movie, and I wasn't sure why it was happening then, and a year later, I don't know why it's happening again. I have come completely full fucking circle as to not understanding how sharks are making islands or atolls fucking sink. Speechless, at a loss for words, no idea. They get to a beach and Greg volunteers to swim out to the nearest boat and bring it closer. So he swims out to the boat and of course, fucking Tri-Shark turns around and heads for him. Like it was hellbent on destroying the facility and now it's like, oh shit, one dude in the water? Better go see what that shit is. Greg struggles to start the boat, of course. So one of the other Greenpeace dudes swims out to the boat to help. And once he's on the boat, the shark turns around. Like, he's just not interested anymore. Like, I'm sorry, but you are a pretty unstoppable fucking killing machine, and someone makes it on the boat, and then you're like, ah, oh, darn, so close. But no, we need more plot, so no eaty-eaty people food yet. And then a third fucking guy jumps in and swims for the boat, but he's actually attacked and eaten. And then one of the only girl from this Greenpeace group is also swimming. And like five seconds ago, she was terrified to get in the water as she should be. And like, she wouldn't go out to the boat because it was too far. And again, once she makes it to the boat, the shark just goes away. They finally get the boat started fucking three people and one dead guy later. They try to call for help on the radio, but it doesn't work because of that gosh darn pollution, radiation, or something. Maggie tells Nelson and Thomas to swim for the boat as soon as she distracts the shark, but Dr. Thomas says she can't let Maggie do that, so she jumps into the water. Like, everyone in this movie is a fucking martyr, which makes each one of their sacrifices less important than it should be, because everybody's just willing to die. No, I'll do it. No, I'm going to do it. We're all going to die together. Holy oh, fuck, man. Obviously, Dr. Thomas is pursued by the shark. So we see the fin sticking out of the water. But when we see the shark in the water, like it's fully fucking submerged. And they do the asylum thing of just reusing the same CG shot over and over. 
So it's just constantly coming from like the same fucking place. Dr. Thomas is finally eaten. The shark lifts her out of the water. And when it goes back under, we get some like practical bloody water and then some CG shots of the sharks eating her underwater. And they're like fighting over her like body parts and shit. Some of the, some of the deaths were pretty cool this way. They kind of showed a little bit of like, gore i guess cg gore but you know it was all right maggie and dr nelson make it to the boat and they start driving off but the shark is now following them yeah now he's interested in the boat now that it's moving before when there were people swimming to the stationary boat that wouldn't start it was like eh. <laughs> like no i prefer a fucking challenge like uh I don't know, it just sounds like a toxic relationship, that's all I'm saying. As they radio for help, Danny Trejo answers the radio, and uh, he's just a fisherman with two other guys, and the guy on the radio starts telling him about the three-headed shark and the attack on the station, but he doesn't believe him, obviously. And then they notice that the shark has disappeared from behind them, and it's now pursuing some, like, small-ass cruise ship. It looks like a fucking river cruise boat of some sort, like, it's not like a cruise ship. It's like a booze cruise kind of ship. You know what I mean? Like the plot description made it sound like this shark was attacking like a, an actual fucking Titanic sized cruise ship. Like that very much not what this is, but also the guy radioing for help. Why would you tell him about the three headed shark? Just say that there is a massive shark and you guys are in trouble. You don't need to pour in like the crazy details because now he doesn't believe you. He might not fucking help you because you sound like a fucking madman. You're telling the truth, but nobody's going to believe you because that's insane. On the cruise ship, it's full of our favorites. Bikini babes, buff dudes, getting drunk, dancing. So the fishing boat finally decides to help and they start heading for the booze cruise boat. And as the shark follows, it's gobbling up the fucking beer cans that are being thrown off the side of this boat. Which, first of all, if you're the captain of this boat, should you not be making sure that your guests are not, like, throwing garbage off the side? I mean, and especially so close to the garbage patch, like, it almost just seems fucking disrespectful. Jesus. I mean, I assume they're all fucking college students, so they don't give a fuck anyways, but still. Come on. Who's running this fucking booze cruise business? And then Dr. Nelson says he knows what's going on. It's chasing the pollution of the bigger boat. It's making it go insane. Like, this is the laziest excuse for a creature I have seen. No other explanation other than it's crazy because pollution. Also doesn't sound very scientific, Dr. Nelson. I'll have to fucking consult Bill Nye on this one, man. Our main cast decide that they need to help this boat out, and they tell the fishing boat this, and they're all going to go converge on this fucking booze cruise to go and help. Just outside of this booze cruise boat, there's someone snorkeling, and they ask someone on the boat if they saw anything, and then a couple standing by the edge see the shadow of the shark, and then it hits the boat and rocks the boat back and forth. The shark gets snorkel face in a bloody mess, obviously, because she's right open in the water. I mean, it was pretty obvious that was going to happen. And then the shark keeps ramming the boat and all the dumbasses hanging around the edge of the boat start falling in. The captain comes out and tells everyone the Coast Guard is on the way and someone asks about like lifeboats and apparently this boat has none, which like not, e not even an inflatable one, like nothing. Really? You have nothing. I understand like these river cruise boats probably don't have maybe a lot. Of they have to have something. Like, one tiny boat so you can take, like, four people. Survival of the fittest at this point, but still, like, come on. 
The shark continues to ram the boat, and the dumb fucks keep falling off the boat because they keep going to the edge. Every time. And naturally, as people swim, they're eaten. The couple we've been following on the boat. So, the woman fell over the side, and her weak-ass boyfriend can't pull her up over. This bikini babe is like 120 pounds at most, and he can barely move her. I don't go to the gym, but even I could fucking lift her. But luckily for her, wrestler Rob Van Dam grabs her before she falls. I, I don't even really know who this guy is, but I, I'm like, oh man, he looks like somebody. And it's like, yeah, that's Rob Van Dam. He's a wrestler or used to be. Saw that in the trivia, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell the people about that. Maybe one of you out there likes wrestling or knows something about it. So there's a fun fact of trivia for you. For the rest of you, it's like, Steve, shut the fuck up about this wrestling dude. I don't give a shit anymore. Fine then. The three boat crew come outside, and as they do, the shark breaches the water, and each head gets a mouthful of boat crew. This is the shit I'm talking about. This is what I wanted from this. This ridiculous shit. Oh my god, am I wet right now? Our main cast pull up and board the boat. One of them is smart and grabs an axe that's attached to the wall. And the shark continues to ram the boat. Weak-ass boyfriend is hurtled into the boat or like the engine room or something. And the door locks behind him. So our main cast is recruited to help along with wrestler dude. So they start searching through the smoke and calling the dude's name Howard, but there's no response, but they finally find him pinned to the wall by some tables and chairs. And then they lift him up and carry him out. We see some of the carnage around the boat. Like people are just lying around bleeding, being useless as they carry Howard on the top deck. The fucking shark jumps onto the boat, tipping it to the back, and Dr. Nelson holds on for dear life as the sharks chomp below him. And he's only being held on by Maggie and fucking Howard. And we already know Howard can't hold up shit. So, of course, eventually Nelson slips down and he's devoured by the three heads, and then it hops off the boat. Our heroes start attending to the wounded, and Howard's girlfriend is so happy to see him, she runs up to him and kisses him. Oh, so fucking sweet. Your boyfriend sucks and he's weak. He skips arm day. He just... I, I'm i just baffled, because she's so fucking skinny, and he's just like... He's just a regular-ass dude, but he's not like a twig. I don't know, man. I think he wanted her to die. I think he was like, yeah, like if I just don't save her, I could just like get a new girlfriend. This is like the easiest way to break up with somebody. Maggie tells everyone they need to get back into their boat since this one is sinking, but they can't help everyone who's wounded because the boat is sinking fast and they can't afford to pay this many people to be in the movie for any longer. So we got to start dwindling down these numbers. So our main cast is loading people onto the boat with the help of their uh, new friends. One of the Greenpeace dudes decides to stay behind with the axe. Why? No idea. There's so much room on the boat. And I I think they took one or two people from the booze crews. There were clearly more people to take. But Maggie's like, nope, can't save everyone. So I guess we'll just save like two people. There's room for like at least six more people on this boat if you had to fucking crowd them on. And again, this guy, like everyone is just willing to sacrifice themselves. And sometimes for no reason. Oh, but the reason is this. In some slow-mo action... Axe dude runs off the end of the ship, slams the axe into the shark, and then he's stuck on the back of the shark with the axe dug in until the shark is like, yeah, fuck this noise, and then does like a, a turny flip thing and it eats the dude. 
I think it just turned really fast. So it like, like threw the dude off of them. I don't know. We'll go with that. The boat drives off and Maggie tells Greg to head for some atoll that they saw on the way to Persephone, the, which is the name of the research uh, station, by the way. The name of the research station is called Persephone. Now that we're like almost done the episode. <laughs> and like, what is it with the multi-headed shark movies and atolls? Remember, an atoll isn't quite an island, but it sort of is. Their engine starts smoking, but they continue to drive. And like, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to drive this until basically it dies. And they spot the atoll they're headed for. And they spot the fishing boat that I forgot about with uh, Danny Trejo. Totally forgot about him up until this point. I mean, like, I know we saw him earlier, but yeah, I totally forgot that he was, like, even in this movie anymore. The hero's boat stops short of the atoll, and Maggie says they need to swim for it and jumps in. Danny Trejo sees the shark, and his boatmates have guns ready. The fishing boat came equipped with, like, some heavy firearms, but... America. They shoot at the shark, even hit it a couple times, but barely has a fucking effect. Our heroes have managed to swim to the atoll, so they've at least, you know, fulfilled their duty of the plot so far. The shark has disappeared, and they think that they got him, but we can see the fin following the boat. And then the shark appears in front of the boat, somehow, and eats the two guys on the hull. And Danny is shooting at it with a pistol. And then he... Oh, are you guys ready for this? Are you ready for this? And then he grabs a machete and starts hacking at it. Having Danny Trejo grab a machete and attack this thing? Yes, please. And he keeps hacking until he manages to cut one of the fucking heads off. And he drives the boat to shore with the shark on the hull and it flops off. Danny gets off the boat and walks towards our heroes, machete in hand, music swelling. And he asks if everyone is okay. And then the shark wakes up and fucking eats him. I mean, yeah, I saw it coming a mile away. Well, like, because there was like 20 minutes left in the movie. But at least I got to see him, like, hack a shark's head off. I can't complain about that. That's a pretty good watch right there. Everyone naturally freaks the fuck out and runs off. And they meet Bowie Guy from the beginning. He's somehow still alive. Everyone looks around and sees what it's done and how far on land it was able to come up. And then Rob Van Dam mentions it can regrow its head when it's been cut off. So yeah, when the shark woke up and ate Danny Trejo, you could see a bloody muscly shark head forming. So yeah, when they cut it off, a new one grows. D don't, uh, don't fully have an explanation for that one. I forgot that it even showed up this early in the franchise. I know that it shows up later on, but I didn't realize it showed up in the second movie already. But here we are. They notice the shark heads fighting with each other and think that they can use that to their advantage. But they're not going to tell us how. They just say like, yeah, remember how when the shark's heads fight, we can use that. Uh, okay. Care to fucking elaborate? But yeah, every time we see this shark in the water, like the heads are kind of like nudging each other around back and forth. So they're kind of like fighting with each other. So yeah, they're going to use that to their advantage somehow. They ask Bowie Boy how they got to the island. And he says they came on like pontoon boats that are on the other side of the island. And he points out where they should be. They head for the boats and they see that there's actually two of them still docked there. Whew, how lucky. They divide into two groups on two boats start the boats up, they start driving off. Everybody on the love boat is all fucking lovey-dovey. So you got Allison from Greenpeace, Howard and his girl, and Bowie Boy. And under their boat, we see the missing head is now 
three fucking heads. So we have five heads now. So many heads for one shark. The hero boat tries to tell them the shark is following them, but they're all too stupid to figure it out, and the shark gets the love boat. Like, the boat behind them was waving them down, yelling at them, and they're like, huh, no idea what could be going on. Like, you're running from a fucking shark. Do you not think that maybe they're calling for you to, like, stop and, like, talk about something to do with the shark? Maybe. Did you maybe think that? Maggie then yells at Greg for driving the boat away when clearly the boat was destroyed. Like, no one survived that shit. So she's like, fine, since we can't save anyone, we have to kill it. Was that not the plan? Didn't we talk about using things to our advantage? <laughs> Bunch of forgetful fannies. Maggie comes up with the plan to lead it back to the garbage patch, and because there's so much pollution for it to eat, it will destroy itself in a feeding frenzy. Sure, fuck me, why not? I mean, it would have done that, shouldn't it have done that originally in the first place when it first got to the garbage patch? But aren't we also blaming the garbage patch for this shark's mutation? Isn't that what we're implying? This plan doesn't make any fucking sense. Wrestler dude Van Damme finds garbage bags on the boat, so they throw the bags in to lead the shark to the patch, and it eats up the garbage as it's thrown in, and then it jumps up and bites Van Damme's arm off, Maggie patches him up and he says he's not going to make it, which he, he totally could have. Like, it just bit his arm off, but, like, it was a pretty clean cut. I'm pretty sure you patch that up. Like, it's going to suck, but you'll live. So, of course, he jumps in to sacrifice himself. And then Maggie is ready to jump in after him to go save him. But Greg stops her and says, it's his turn to be a fighter or some shit. And he jumps in as Van Damme continues to swim away. Although on the pontoon boat they were on, they had like a little water slide. So he gets off the boat by going down the slide. Totally unnecessary, but a lot of fun. Greg catches up to the bleeding one-armed man in the water with the giant shark. And Van Damme punches him in the face and swims away. Since Greg jumped in, Van Damme's sacrifice is useless. Because they didn't use the opportunity to get close to the garbage patch. And now the shark is after Greg. But he manages to get back to the boat as the shark is munching on garbage and also eating itself until it dies. Yeah, so it chases Greg, but then it's also like eating garbage, but then it's also mad because it's in a frenzy, and so then it starts eating itself. So this shark literally dies by fucking eating itself. Maggie and Greg see a Coast Guard helicopter come in, and that is fucking that. Three Headed shark attack. Let's start with the poster expectations. Listen, would this movie have been better if it was Danny Trejo killing sharks with a machete? Yes. Sadly, that's not what this movie is. And I mean, we all kind of knew that would be the case. But we did see him fight a shark, albeit short. But all in all, I would say met. My expectations were met, which also brings me to the shark design. The design was pretty dope. It was pretty polished, and it looked cool for an Asylum creation. I don't remember if I liked the two-headed shark attack design as much when I first uh, watched it, but since I've watched so much other garbage since then, this looks amazing to me. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, again, as I said, I'm comparing this to other shark exploitation movies, lower-budget ones. So don't come in here expecting fucking Jaws or the Meg. But it is a pretty cool looking design. I do like it. 
I think the 1.7 stars is close to what this movie should be. I'm leaning towards two, maybe 2.5 stars. I mean, the design of the shark was dope. Lots of bikini babes. Not much gore as per usual, but there was a little bit. Um, but all in all, I was entertained and I got to see Machete cut a shark's head off. Like that alone is worth at least a star and a half. So fuck it. Let's start the year off positive. Two and a half stars, three-headed shark attack. That's what I'm giving it. Three and a half stars on Letterboxd. Anyways, that was three-headed shark attack, and that is the one-year anniversary of Bucket of Chum. Thank you guys so much for listening, whether you're a new listener or you've been with me since the beginning. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you tune in next week for more episodes. And don't forget, you can always follow me on all the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Slasher, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast. And subscribe to the YouTube channel because in the future, there will be videos coming. So you'll want to be notified when those come out. And I will see you guys later. I'm great. Hey, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I do with you. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the podcast you do with me. It's called Slash You. That's right. Do you know what we do? Yeah. We cover cheesy, campy, sometimes forgotten slasher horror movies. I think that is a great way to say it. And guess where we do it from? From your basement. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So if you like horror and you like slasher, why don't you uh, toot on in to Slash You. That's Slash U, S-L-A-S-H-U. Check out the Instagram at Slash U underscore podcast or Slash U podcast dot com.